the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can hear all of the shows that have already aired and then they become a podcast and into the stream of whatever your uh, streaming situation is to get something on podcast. Uh, and also, this is a listener-guided show, so you can da- donate uh, something to the show. Uh, when you go to the website, there's a purple button to push for that, and then it'll walk you right through it. Hey, I'm very excited about this guest that I have, uh, Jason Barlow, President and CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Central Phoenix, Arizona. Jason, hello. Hi, Art. Thank you. Sure glad you could be on the show today. I'm delighted. So before we uh, before we go too far into uh, your work and so forth, uh, I always like for our worldwide audience to, to get to know our guest uh, by having you give us a, a, a look into your back, your past. How did you get to this point in your life? Well, thank you, Art. Uh, well, at this, I, I have to say, was a calling uh, as a Christian and as Habitat as a Christian ministry. And I was I was with my wife. We moved from New York some years ago and uh, driving out here. She said, what are you going to do when we get out to Arizona? And I said, uh, well, I want to work for a nonprofit that's uh, helping people. Nice. And uh, two years later, I had been a, I was on boards and doing consulting and that kind of playing golf, fixing the house up. <laughs> I got a call from a recruiter. Uh, asking me if I was interested in a job with Habitat for Humanity, this this particular uh, CEO role. And I said, sure, love to. And uh, the rest is history. It's been seven years last November since that wow. happened. And uh, before that, if somebody had asked me, because uh, I've been having a number of careers that I've been through, including the, you can see the, the Air Force pictures over behind me, 20 years in the Air Force. I did some time in the for-profit arena, not for pro- well, government service, uh, working for the TSA after 9-11 happened. Wow. And I spent nine years in the hospital business. And uh, people would say, you can't uh, figure out what you want to do when you grow up. Well, I think <laughs> I have now. I, I know what I want to do now when I grow up, and that's be right here, helping people with Habitat for Humanity. And where are you from originally? I was born in Utah, but I grew up in Hawaii. Tough life, wore <laughs> shorts, shorts and flaps through all of college, you know, and and the only time I was in a long sleeve shirt or, even, well, even a short, even pants was when I was in Air Force ROTC. Those days I had to get in uniform. So it was a tough life. Nice. Uh, tough life. 
Well, hey, I, I was in the Air Force myself, but uh, I, I did I did one tour of duty, sixty seven to seventy one, and in SAC. Wow, well, I was in the I was in the Strategic Air Command myself. So well, and I noticed uh, I was in I was on Guam. In 1968, during a Project Arclight, and I noticed that you are our past U2 pilot. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and we and we had some deployments to Guam. I know you in the, did in the U2. So I, yeah, I've been there. That's a pretty island, a pretty neat place to fly to. I finally got to see one while I was there, and we couldn't get close, obviously, but we saw it come in, refuel, and take off, and it, and it did a zigzag pattern straight up into the atmosphere and gone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way we like to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and you know, I was I was I was doing a real dirty job on sixty in on Guam in sixty eight. I was building bombs for B fifty twos. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. Um, enough of that stuff. But out of your out of your great background uh, in in industry and um, uh, it, it's interesting that um, Habitat came to you, right? <laughs> well, it, it's it's a God story, I think, because because uh, when I when I first interviewed with this recruiter. Uh, she said, huh, well, you don't seem to meet any of the requirements that this maybe leadership, but you don't have the nonprofit, you don't have the background that they had put in the job search. And, uh, and she presented that to her boss and the boss looked at my resume, the requirements said, don't, he's not, he, he's not going to work out. And this recruiter said, why don't you just talk to him? (laughs) So I talked to them and uh, then they presented me to the board to select the search committee and the board at least looked at me and said, no, I'm, we're not interested in him. He doesn't fit the buckets we've got. And the, the, now the recruiting firm says, why don't you just talk to him? And so so they talked <laughs> to me. And that, ha- that had to happen twice. Uh, and there were 50 candidates for the job. Wow. Uh, and I, you know, this is not about me being super special or anything. This yeah. is, I think this was about them wanting somebody different with a different, you know, different sight picture. We, we call cold eyes hadn't been in this business ever. In fact, when I got the call, I was thinking Habitat for Humanity. Let's see. The only thing I've remembered was they they give away their homes and Jimmy Carter's the founder. And neither <laughs> of those are true. And uh, so that was my that was my perspective of Habitat. I'd done one project with Habitat in New York, build a wheelchair ramp, something like that. So I really had no no under, real good understanding of what they did. And I got here and I tell you what, this is a mission with a big heart for people, for helping people. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we're going to, we're going to deep dive into that, but uh, my gosh, you, you, it had to be a God story to, to make it through that whole pack and, and surface, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, yeah. I don't know how many interviews I did. <laughs> uh, finally, I guess they, they couldn't figure out a reason not to hire me. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so you yeah, got, you got there, you, you took the job with very little information about habitat or practical information, you, you know, a ramp somewhere and, and, uh, but here you are thrown into something that's much larger, uh, with your leadership background, probably didn't catch you off guard, right? No, it didn't. Uh, you know, people are people, whether yeah. they're wearing a uniform or not. Yeah. Uh, you treat everybody with dignity and respect. You're fair to everybody. And uh, I uh, maybe my perspective is different. I don't have anything to prove uh, to really anybody. I'm just trying to help more and more people. And uh, uh, I want to empower all the people that, that are here in Habitat 
to do the best they can to just continue to serve more and more families and make a bigger impact. Yeah. So Habitat of Humanity has been around a long time, uh, was not discovered by Jimmy Carter, I don't think. But he, no. he sure, has, he sure uh, even now uh, in hospice care, he, he's still talking about Habitat for uh, Humanity, right? Right. I, yeah, he, uh, um, he was, vol- he's volunteered with us for like 40 years. Yeah. He put, as, as I've said to some other people, he really put Habitat on the map. He was our most famous volunteer and, uh, he really opened the world up mm-hmm. to a, a bigger picture of what Habitat can do. And it's just been an incredible, it's been an incredible story and an incredible legacy for him and his wife. Yeah. And he took it extremely seriously and personal. He did. He did. And the story is that Millard Fuller, who is the founder of Habitat back 47 years ago, uh, knocked on his door in Plains, Georgia. This is after he'd lost uh, re-election and so forth and uh, and just kept coming back. I think the story is he kept kept coming back day <laughs> after day for like 30 days. And finally, the president is looking out the window and the Secret Service says, it's that guy again. And, and Jimmy, Jimmy, Mr. Carter, President Carter finally says, let me talk to him. He comes in and he's sold, and from that and 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 that's the rest is history. He just <laughs> dove right in and uh, started helping uh, with these Carter work projects uh, with him and his wife, and they have built uh, oh, I something like four thousand, forty four hundred homes around the world, over a thousand, a hundred thousand volunteer hours, yeah. and uh, it's it's an amazing thing. It really is. So, um, so Habitat for Humanity is local, national, and international, correct? That's right. That's right. There's about there's over a thousand affiliates. So we're we're Habitat for Humanity Central Arizona. We are an affiliate of over a thousand sixty five. I think that's the last number I heard in all 50 states. We are also in 70 countries overseas. And, uh, uh, you know, so we and we actually tithe our affiliate tithes to uh, countries, uh, four countries overseas to help them build homes outside of the United States. So it is an international movement. Nice. So, and you call them affiliates? Yeah, we we're called affiliates. You could call them chapters, anything yeah. you want. It's a we it's a federated model. We each are owned and operated really by a board of directors that that control the the strategic direction of of this affiliate. But we all report back up through a, a federated model to Habitat International, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, which so, is where it started. So. Being being local, national, and international, there's a lot of training that has to be done for so that the the the, the movement never changes, probably, and people that are engaged in whether it's a, another state or another country, they need to be trained up, and it it all runs the same way, right? Pretty much, uh, there are some differences between affiliates across the country. Some affiliates don't use volunteers; they contract out. All of their work, oh, okay. uh, their you know their home building and so forth. Yeah. Uh, others like us, we we volunteer, we get volunteers to do as much as we possibly can yeah. on every home or project we're doing. Sometimes it's either not safe or we don't have the license license to do it uh, or things like that. But we really we really believe in volunteers as a as a pivotal part of what Habitat does. In fact. Last year, and our fiscal year runs from July one to end of June. We had we uh, counted over thirteen thousand volunteer opportunities filled right here in, in in the valley by by volunteers. It might be you or me or a 
somebody behind a computer screen all day yeah. or uh, could be a cook or something like that. And we're able to train them up to help to help build a house or repair a house. Nice. So and they have to work alongside you have those that know how to do this working alongside the volunteers, obviously. Right. We have a, a fairly small construction staff. They're called construction superintendents. They're the they're the paid staff. They go out and they just make sure uh, that the job site has the equipment, materials it's needed, the permitting, that type of stuff scheduled. They're looking at the blueprints and making sure that that the volunteers, there's usually a house leader. And then under that house, kind of a Boy Scout troop model, the house leader has has five or six or more team leaders under them, all in yellow shirts. We like to do everything in different colored shirts. So the yellow shirts are the are our professional volunteers, if you please, then they they will each take a group of five to ten other volunteers that might have just showed up from Quicken Loans or you name it, and they train them in the task of the day, painting, wall framing, uh, shingling a roof, whatever it might be. And uh, uh, we like to say that a Habitat home has probably three times as many nails as it needs, but when you <laughs> have volunteers with hammer nails, they just like to keep putting the nails in, but we don't mind. It's a sturdy home. <laughs> it's not going to fall down. So I like your comparison to the Boy Scouts, too, because you're an Eagle Scout, right? That's right. <laughs> so um, so uh, a message to our audience, uh, our worldwide audience, anybody listening in, and they came in late to the show, uh, my guest is Jason Barlow, president and CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Central Phoenix, and uh, so when we say Central Phoenix, does that mean that you don't ever get involved with with build outs elsewhere in the state or are they have different chapters? Well, we we're actually Central Arizona yeah. uh, and we we actually uh, are the product of four smaller habitat affiliates that merged over the last decade or so. Oh, okay. Most of it was most of it had occurred before I got here. Thank goodness all that that messy merger stuff. But uh, we now have, we now pretty much serve all of Maricopa County, Northern Pinnell, but there are six other affiliates in Arizona. Tucson is one. They're very, a very strong affiliate. They're a fifth the size of we are. And then you have, you have affiliates in Flagstaff, Williams, Prescott, Globe, Miami, Verde Valley, and uh, uh, those kinds of areas. Some are all volunteer run and some have some paid staff. Uh, But we help, we help coordinate efforts within Arizona. We we have a monthly meeting. I mean, I I don't take any leadership position over this, but we just facilitate it because we have a Zoom license. And uh, we get, during COVID, we were meeting weekly just to make sure everybody uh-huh. was okay. But uh, uh, we have a monthly Arizona affiliate meeting where everybody just compares notes. What are you working on? Where do you need help? Do you need a policy? You know, so we're all one big happy family. Nice. And, but there are states with over 60 affiliates really? uh, in it, just on the, uh, especially on the East Coast. Some of the states just, their Habitat affiliates just kept going and going and going. And uh, we are the uh, the third largest affiliate in the country by the population we serve, over 5 million. Only New York City and Los Angeles are bigger than we are. Wow. Third largest in the country. Right. Uh, and, and you're also been rated highly as a top company to work to work at right right we uh we've we've had done surveys with our employees and have been awarded most admired and a top arizona company to work for and we're we're extremely grateful to our staff for uh giving us good marks on that we try hard though to keep our people happy 
uh, happy staff uh, make a happy mission and a happy, happy families down the road. So and that's the same regardless of the size of the the corporation or, or nonprofit, especially, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it, was same, it was the same everywhere I've been. Yeah. So what are your greatest challenges with Habitat? Well, I'd say, uh, you know, we had COVID. We just got through this thing called COVID. Yeah. You're probably sick and tired of hearing about it. We, we had three objectives. Uh, we didn't want to lose anybody to the virus. We didn't want to have to lay any staff off. And we didn't want to have to evict any families. And uh, thank God, none of that happened. Wow. Uh, and we did come very close to losing a, one staff member who was sick for a long time, but he pulled through after a lot of people were praying for him. And uh, he uh, uh, he actually came back to work for us. But uh, I think the biggest challenge is, uh, in this new era, the the cost of materials, the cost of land, we were all sitting back, me included, thinking, okay, this COVID is going to drive prices down. We'll be able to use some of our uh, funds to purchase some uh, inexpensive inexpensive land in which to build on, and it just didn't happen. You know what? To, you know what happened in the valley, especially yeah. we we're like number one, yeah. escalating home prices, escalating land prices. I know. You know, we would have bought a motel if we could have to try to fix it up, make it a condo uh, structure. We can't even find anything there that's that's uh, that affordable. So uh, uh, that's been a big challenge. <clears throat> and, you know, that's that all comes down to funding and support. You know, we can like any nonprofit that you talk to. And I was just I was just listening to your last I think it was your last show with uh, Jay Corey on uh i yeah. know jay for many years yeah every nonprofit it goes through the same things trying to find more funding to help their mission and my my philosophy is there is such tremendous capacity in this valley and there's such tremendous need yeah. we just have to find some way to bring those together and what it takes is it takes that trusted nonprofit group in the middle to help people who want to help but don't know how or don't trust uh, 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 an agency like ours to use their money wisely or whatever it is yeah. and to help people. And uh, that's my, that's my number one job and challenge is to continue to match people and organizations with a lot of capacity to, to help neighborhoods, individuals, families, and sectors like veterans and so forth. Yeah. And well, a habitat certainly has the, uh, you know, recognize it's easy to re recognize. And I would think a major corporation would like to, come alongside that at once in a while. But I, I am wondering about the land and, and, and the building process. It seems like that would be extremely, not only expensive, but, but uh, you know, how do you find the, the land that you need to keep? Because every, every uh, subdivision is different and newer, right? right. And, and you need room for those. Um, how, does that, how do you manage all of that? Well, uh, through a whole bunch of different channels, we get government, uh, the government sometimes gives us money or grants to go purchase property, although that's rarer now. Uh, sometimes uh, city governments like Tempe and Phoenix recently, they'll put out a request for proposal to a whole bunch of people saying, hey, we have these lots, bid on them and tell us what you do with them. And if you if you win, they cost this much and you have to, you know, you have to um, you know, be done by this many years, et cetera. So we're, we just finished up. We did that process in the city of Phoenix and we were successful bidding on 30 lots 
Uh, and I, I, we paid a, you know, very little amount of money for them, you know, under $500 for each lot, I think. Wow. And, uh, you know, a normal lot now, now in the city of Phoenix, you might pay 50 to 80 to even higher thousand dollars for just the dirt. The city sold us those properties. And then as part of that same RFP, we pledged to renovate or repair or work on another 80 homes in the same area. And this is specifically Matthew Henson and 7-Eleven areas in South Central South Phoenix, where they call it Central City South, where if you're in those big skyscrapers, downtown Phoenix, looking out your south windows, you're looking down on these neighborhoods. Yeah. And there's Grant Park and Central Park in there too, a bunch of other neighborhoods. But there's a lot of folks that just need some help down there. So we finished those 30 new homes. And and it's a real, it strikes me as a no-brainer because if we can get our hands on the property pretty inexpensively, we can then find a sponsor. So our model is a sponsor comes in, an organization, a family, a church, and they pay for the sticks and bricks costs oh, of okay. that home. Yeah. And then we have volunteers build it. And then guess what? It's back on the tax rolls. The city has really done nothing but just turn it over to us uh, through an RFP process. And granted, there's other people competing in that same process with different, maybe different models. Uh, our model is to build affordable housing for people who are under 80% AM, uh, area median income. So thir- about 30 to 80%, that's low to very low income folks yeah. uh, that are here here in the Valley. Wow. And, and and you build, when you build a community, it's got all the utilities, it's got everything built in, all of that is figured out in the, in, in what you do, right? Absolutely. We can't, we can't yeah. just, no, we I, can't wildcat put a, put a house down <laughs> on some dirt. Yeah. Uh, they've got to have sidewalks. They've got to have street lights, a mailbox, yeah. you know, uh, uh, driveways, all that stuff. And uh, that's, we figure that's about now about $80,000 a lot to wow. get that stuff insta- just, just, just that, installed yeah. by contractors. We wouldn't do, that wouldn't be something we'd have volunteers doing. We would, we would, uh, we would hire contractors sure. Uh, through a bid process to come in and put in the infrastructure. Absolutely. And that's not, that's not sexy stuff. So most donors, <laughs> mo- well, most donors don't want to give to a sewer system, right? Or, <laughs> right. or a, a water lateral or something <laughs> like that. So we have to, we have to find other ways to fund that. A lot of times we just pay for it out of pocket or in the case of Alta Vista Ranch, which is in South Phoenix, we that's plotted for 25 homes. We're going to be starting on that in the fall. Uh, we got it. We got a, a, some grant dollars to help with the infrastructure. So that was extremely beneficial from Maricopa County. Yeah. Gave us some money to get going, get that infrastructure going. Awesome. So uh, I only know this. I, I'm not. I'm growing in knowledge in this show for, uh, about habitat, uh, uh, being a habitat affiliate and how it works. Um, I did hear. One seems like once upon a time. The people that are going to be living in that house have to help somehow in the construction. Is that true? Or volunteer right along the process? That's absolutely true. We call it sweat equity. And remember the two things that that weren't true. We give away our homes. That was what I thought. Many people, many people today still think Habitat's a giveaway program. You get a home. Here's your keys. Oh, no. Farthest from the truth. One, they pay a mortgage back to us. So they're home buyers. Oh, okay. uh, every Habitat family that gets a that gets the opportunity to build their own home with Habitat is going to pay back a zero interest mortgage. And because we're the bank, we can control the payments, the, yeah. the mortgage duration. Yeah. And it's from 20 to 40 years. We stretch that out so that their payment does not exceed 30% of their gross monthly income. Yeah. 
So whatever that, whatever their gross monthly is, 30% has got to be all the payments on the house, HOA fees, et cetera. And then they pay that back to us. And on, oh, by the way, they've also contributed 400 hours of sweat equity on, uh, to get into the home. Nice. So every Habitat homeowner, I was just doing a dedication in Arizona City. Uh, Jolene was, is, is gonna, is down there building her home with her adult children. Uh, and isn't it cool? If you're 16 years old, you can, you can actually work in our sites. And it's so cool to see, uh, a mom with a daughter or a family with, Kids that are over sixteen can actually help build their own home wow. and their own bedrooms. And That's everything amazing. Like that. that is you just know. amazing. Yeah, and uh, none of these. There's never been a homeowner yet that I've seen that ever owned their own home before. They all have. They all have uh, stories. Habitat is full of stories uh, about where people came from, and they were, you know, five people in in a cramped apart in one room apartment, that kind of thing, or yeah. rent trying to rent a room for mother in law or something like that. And um, so we have criteria around selecting yeah. the families. Now, your your properties are all single family dwellings, right? No apartment buildings or anything like that. No, we don't. We don't do rentals. That's one of the things we agree to to be a Habitat affiliate. Uh, there are there are people who have tried with rentals mm-hmm. and so forth. If you're going to do rentals, uh, you know you're you kind of have to be in the kicking people out of out, out of shelter a lot because rents, you know, people default and all that. Yeah. Uh, we're in they, the housing business. So we, uh, we try to keep to home ownership, yeah. but we do do, we do townhomes and yeah. we, we can do condos too. Jason, so, I'm, I'm, uh, really, I'm really sorry. We're running out of time. My, oh my. My, my producer just gave me the 30 second sign. But, wow. Uh, how can people contact uh, you uh, if, they, if they need help? Go to, go to our website. You can do everything there. Habitat. C-A-Z for Central Arizona.org, HabitatCAZ.org. And if you need a new license plate, this is our brand new Habitat for Humanity Arizona license plate, nice. which you can go online with dot. get one of these. This looks good on any car, any color car. And okay. we would love to have you come out, volunteer with us, donate to the mission, shop in our restores and support uh, affordable housing here in the Valley. Jason Barlow, President and CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Central Arizona. You are a rescuer, my friend. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you very much. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.